All right. Good morning, Metro Praise International. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, all right, oh, yeah. cool. You guys are probably wondering, Birdo, you shrunk a couple of feet, man. What's up? No, I'm not Birdo. I'm Tony. I'm Pastor Tony. <laughs> I'm one of the campus pastors here. And uh, Jerry, my wife, we oversee the second service. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this morning. Um, if this is your first time here, thank you for making us this home church, this your home church. And so uh, why don't we all stand up before we begin? All right. Um, I'd like to ask my brother Anthony to come up and testify of what the Lord is doing in his life. So please give a warm welcome as he comes up to share. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I just want to share something that happened last night at evangelism. It's something I prayed for and the Lord confirmed it. He did it. Um, so last night, we, it was cold as it was, um, preaching the gospel. And there was, there was two lives that were spared in, in two different ways. I was just, I'm still shocked by it. Um, so this one man, I, I handed him a flyer. I said, hey, I can talk to you about Jesus. He declined immediately. The moment he was about to cross the street, the truck was about to hit him. So I called, I called, you know, I said, hey, there's a truck, you know, there's a truck warning him. And, and he could have died had I just walked away. And, and uh, he looked back at me. And I prayed for him all night that, that he reflect on that because that's God. You know, he could have met Jesus that night. He could have met him that night and, and met him in the most unfortunate way. Um, so I prayed for him. And then there was another young man named David who, special to me because uh, he's the first soul I won to Jesus. And it was just it was amazing. And uh, I gave him real, I, I really, really poured it out to him so he understood, you know, he wasn't just agreeing with everything, but he understood. And he gave his life to the Lord. And it was just, I was I was overjoyed. And I, I just, I thank him. And uh, my first year of being saved, I struggled with sin. And I, I struggled a lot. And this, uh, the beginning of this year, um, I just, I was honest with the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm, lying, I'm relying on my own understanding, my own strength, Lord, take, take all of me, Lord, I'm done, um, you know, being guarded by my own self, you know, my own knowledge, and since then, he's fired me up, he's fired me up, I am fired up, and only Jesus can do that, amen? And I actually have a word for anyone who's uh, backslidden or struggling with sin or has walked away from the Lord, and it's Psalm 107, the Lord spoke this to me, this is like my story, so to speak. And it starts with verse 9, Psalm 107. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with the good things. Some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them uh, to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their, in their trouble. He saved them from their distress and brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. And that, that's glory to God, you know. Anyone, anyone who's struggling, um, that's where it is for anyone. And uh, I just thank the Lord. It's all glory to God. It's, it's because of him I'm here. Amen. Yeah, Lord, uh, before I walk off, I just want to pray, Lord, that uh, this word bless people, Lord. And, uh, and in their hearts, they're convicted if they're not right with you, Lord. And they... They seek you, Lord, and return to their first love, or their only true love, love, Lord. You're the way, the truth, and life, Lord. And uh, thank you for this, for this time, Lord. And let it be a great message, a great day for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get ready to praise the Lord in this place. Coming on the wind, changing hearts and minds. 
highest price you gave us your son you not only gave him to us God but you let him come and you let him die for us and when we were still sinners he loved us and gave himself up for us Lord we take it seriously and that we would proclaim with our lives that you are Lord you are the good father you don't leave us abandoned you never forsake us and I just pray that if if you guys aren't feeling like you're connecting today, if there is sin hidden in your heart, I pray that you would confess it so that you could come into the throne room with me, standing before God, saying, here I am, Lord. Forgive me, heal me, set me free. Because I don't want to be in bondage anymore. I want to stand before you boldly.
freedom for the prisoner we sing father to the fatherless father to the fatherless defender of the weak freedom for the prisoner we sing this is god this is god in his holy
and holy. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. He says, keep going. Fight the good fight of faith. And though you see 10,000 may fall by your side, the Lord will continually uphold the righteous. He favors the humble and he opposes the proud and if you are proud today then I say lay that pride aside and get right with God today because we can't enter the throne room of grace without being first cleansed without being first made holy and we cannot do it in and of ourselves and those who are humble know that it is only by the Father that they are made right and made holy and are allowed to come into that throne room with him. So today I implore you to get right with the Lord and if you are right, stay right. And continually allow him to refine you by fire. You know, we say that, but we don't really understand. Fire hurts and it burns and it sizzles. I just want us to wait on the Lord today. Standing in your 
word for this congregation or for a person. The Holy Spirit's making room for you to speak it out. belief and our hope in you today, God. That word is for you. Take it to heart. God is talking to you through the words of his saints. Here is another word, and God is pressing it on your heart, and you're afraid to speak it out. Now is the time. us, God, of who we were without you, that we would understand the depravity of our souls without you, God, so that when we live in you, God, that we know that we have the strength to fight another day, and we are different than the day before. We thank you, God. We praise you. We receive your words in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, God, for making us from an old creation to a new one, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God is good. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are. Standing in your presence, here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down, Shekinah glory come down. Hallelujah. Come on. You know that God in a moment can do more than a lifetime of teaching and preaching. That God's presence in a moment can do more than self-help books. It can do more than education. It can do more than counseling or therapy. I want to go off of that word that was just shared. What we are without him versus what we are with him. That implies that there is a transformation of one's life when we are born again. And we need to we need to believe that today. God Almighty, we come to you in Jesus' name. And you promised in your word that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're not we're not just gonna get that by by repeating it to ourselves, but we need to hear it from you. We need a touch from you. Yes, 
Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are desperate for a touch. Some of us are locked in patterns of sin. And we have not experienced that transformation fully. Or we're not walking it out. Or we're not believing for it. God, we want to leave here changed today. What you do in this moment can change us for the rest of our lives. Nobody's here judging you. No one's looking at you funny, but if you know you have been locked in a pattern of sin, I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. If you have, as a Christian, have been going back to the same things over and over, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. We're not judging you. God has set me free from so much. How dare I judge you when he sets you free? If you have been locked in patterns of unbelief and discouragement, you don't know who you are in Christ. You you doubt the word of God. You don't live in victory. And your day-to-day life is not ruled by faith and victory and joy, but it's, it's, it's always messed up and there's always drama and it's not well with your soul. Lift your hands up to the Lord. Come on, Lord. Here we are standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Come on, let your glory come down. Touch us, Lord. Set free the captives, Lord. Let us walk into abundant life. Come on, keep your hands raised. been walking in the wisdom of God, if you've been making a lot of foolish decisions, and you want to live in the wisdom of God, lift your hands up, come on, oh, we wait for you, oh, touch us, Lord, touch us, Lord, let your glory manifest among us, Lord, of life we receive everything you have for us Lord some people in the 201 class they got filled with the Holy Ghost today they were baptized they received what you promised your word promised that your word promised that your presence would abide on us your word promised joy that we have wisdom that we have the mind of God we receive it now Come on, receive freedom from sin. Don't go back to your old life. Don't go back to your vomit. We receive that in Jesus' name, the self-control we need, the victory we need, the change of heart we need. We receive wisdom to live life God's way. We receive peace to carry us through every storm. Thank you, God. say
Come on, if you're free today, I want you to say, I'm free. If, you, if you're changed today, I want you to scream, I'm changed. Come on. If you're being filled by God today, I want you to say, I'm full and I'm satisfied. I'm empowered. I'm new. God has done it. And it's marvelous. Pour out, praise Him, praise Him, bless Him. Shout the victory of Jesus. Shout the victory of Jesus. pastoral staff here at Metro Praise International. A lot of you know me, but for those of you who don't, it's good to meet you this morning. Thank you for coming. We want to stay in that attitude of prayer, um, acknowledging God's presence among us. Now, for those of you who are Christian, that's, that's something God is giving to everybody here. But there's two kinds of people in the world. There's those who are in Christ and they have those blessings available and those who are not in Christ and, and they're cut off from God as of right now. So I want to take a moment here so you can experience what others here are experiencing. Amen. The freedom, the victory that we have. Thank you, brother. I want to preach to you the good news. Let me just say this. Jesus was not a salesman. Amen? Jesus was a preacher. And I don't want to give you a sales pitch this morning. Uh, what, what a salesman might do if they're preaching the gospel, they would preach it in such a way as to say, if you follow Jesus, he's going to pay all your bills. He's going to buy you a new car. Jesus will give you the American dream. And we could fill this church with that kind of sales pitch, couldn't we? And there's churches across this nation that are following Jesus with the belief that he's going to fulfill their material desires. We don't want to appeal to, to greed today. I don't want to even appeal to your emotions to say if you're hurting or depressed that Jesus will make it all better. And certainly he does give us joy, but that's not what I want to speak to. I want to speak first to your conscience. 
And I want to tell you that you have been sinning against the Lord your whole life. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone has. There's no one who's too good for the good news. There's no good people. Everyone says, I'm a good person. I give a dollar to the homeless man. I don't murder. I don't rape. I don't steal. There's no good person. There's only sinners. People who have broken God's commandments. People who deserve God's judgment. And I want to appeal also to your spiritual self. That is who you are deep down. That after you have achieved success in career, after you've established your family, you've made your money, you've got whatever you're looking for in life, that you're missing something, something you need desperately, and you can't find it anywhere. You can't find it in yourself. You can't find it in, in other people. It's something that only God can give you. This was Jesus' sales pitch. Look at John, uh, Mark 8, 34 through 35. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their lives for me and for the gospel will save it. Does that sound like a salesman? Jesus is being honest with people. He says, if you follow me, your life is going to change. Your old life will end today. Life as you know it will end today. It will be crucified and a new life will begin where I am your Lord and I call the shots. And it's the same for everyone. Rich, poor, black, white, Hispanic, young, old. Everyone who comes to Jesus is signing up for their old way of life to end and a new way of life under Jesus' lordship to begin. And how often do we say Jesus is my Lord and Savior? What does Lord mean? Boss, master. That's what you're signing up for, for the rest of your life. With a new outlook, new desires, new values. That's, that's what we're in for. We have prayer workers here. Lada and Pastor Tony. They want to talk to you today if you want to follow Jesus and be his disciple. About what that means. It means putting faith in him. If you believe who Jesus is, you're going to want to follow him. It means being born again. Because you can't live the new life unless God gives it to you. God changes lives. Do you believe it? So they'll be available to pray for you in a moment, but if we could all stand. I want to pray for us all, and uh, we're going to say our confession of faith. Father, in Jesus' name, uh, thank you for everyone that's here. So many here have experienced a new life. So many here have answered your call to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow you. And they don't regret it. 
So many people have given up their lives but have found true life. They've given up things that they've been clinging on to that are worthless and, and sinful, and they've been finding some, a, a treasure that they could not have found otherwise. And Lord, there's people in this room that don't have that. They've, they're not following you. They're living an old life that needs to die, and they need to start a new life today. I pray for everyone who, who is in that position to realize that they're in that position and not to walk away deceived. And I pray that they will respond by saying, Lord Jesus, save me. I want to be your disciple. And I pray, God, that you make them born again children of God. And I pray that as long as they live in this life and in the world to come, they will be your disciples. And they will receive every blessing that you have for them. I pray that everyone in this room will be a child of God forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's say together our confession of faith at the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. We're going to fellowship, meet someone you haven't uh, met yet, make some new friends.
All right, who's excited to be at church today? Come on, clap it up for Jesus. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell them thank you for coming. It's good to see you. We want to welcome you guys all to Metro Praise International, especially if this is your first time here. We welcome you on behalf of all the leaders here. And we just want to encourage you to keep on coming, get connected, and invite your friends and family. Our services here at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Those are our family services where we have King, King's Kids available for the children, infants who are 11 years old in the back. So please keep inviting your friends, your neighbors. It's an awesome time to put God first in our life. And how many of you guys believe that Sundays belong to the Lord? And so we want to keep inviting our friends and going strong with that. And then we have Elevate every Friday at 7 p.m. for our teenagers. That's our Elevate Youth Service for ages 11 to 18 years old. So they're rocking it out for Jesus. We're so proud of them. And we want to keep winning young people for the Lord here at MPI. Here at Metro Praise International, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. And we want to encourage you guys to find your place here at MPI. There's so much that happens throughout the week, so much that God wants to do in you and through you. And so through our visions, through our strategy, and through our goal, we want you to accomplish all that God has for your life. Our vision here is loving God and loving people, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And we have a strategy. Somebody say strategy. Our strategy is to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to Jesus and to the church through our life groups. That we want to mentor you through the 101 and 201 books, okay? Somebody say 101 and 201. Then we want to send you out. Please go back to the previous slide. Stay there for a little bit. Then we want to send you out to do evangelism. How many of you guys believe that more people need to hear about Jesus? Come on. And then our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches in the city and 500 around the world. How many of you guys believe that's awesome? How many of you guys want to be a part of that? Come on. God has a reason for you being here. It's not an accident. So let's get plugged into what God has. We want to connect you to our life groups. Somebody say life groups. We have awesome life groups for you. If you turn around your handout. You will see the schedule for this quarter. Find a place to belong for you and your family. There's so much that's happening. Here's a snapshot of this week. We have Tuesday kicking it off with the Resistance Youth Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, meeting at the church here at 6 p.m. Then Wednesday, Righteously Redeemed Youth Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m. Wednesday, every week, we have King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, 6.30 here at the church. That's our boys club and girls clubs for Jesus, where we disciple our children. If you have children in that age group, you want them to be here on Wednesday nights. Parents, it's your responsibility to get your children here. Let them be a part of those clubs. We have the best children's workers on the planet, okay? I always got to brag about them. Thursday is our weekly gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Join them. It's powerful. Every Friday, somebody say every Friday, two adult Bible studies for you. One at the Govea's house, the other one at the Vivitz, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. They're rocking it out. Bring your coworkers there. Bring your neighbors. Invite them. Get connected. Somebody say get connected. You want to be at those Bible studies on Friday nights if you are 18 and up. And then Saturday, we have the Ambassadors Youth Life Group. Come on. 11 to 18 years old, 3 p.m. That's the address. So our youth are rocking it out for Jesus. Can I get a whoop whoop? 
All right, then we want to mentor you. Get connected, then we're going to start mentorship. We have leaders ready to get into your life one-on-one through our 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. We're here invested into the journey of you living for Jesus and really growing as a disciple. When you graduate 101, we have a 201 class Sunday mornings with Pastor Jared and Thursday nights with Pastor Ellie, disciples that make disciples. Your discipleship journey continues. We train you to be a leader so that you can fulfill God's purpose in your life in the church and the, in the world around you. Then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We want to send you out to do evangelism, to continue to win the loss for the Lord. Every Saturday from 5 to 8, we have our warriors, our soldiers going out, hitting the streets, preaching the gospel to complete strangers. And that's what God has called us to do. If you've never done it, we want to encourage you to do that. Pastor Jared and the team are going out there weekly. That is your training ground, okay? So every life group has a form of evangelism where we're going to stretch you and really get you out of your comfort zone. But this is where your training comes in. So join them on Saturdays. If you, you can't go every week, go once a month. So it's just a powerful time, and it really helps you uh, gain your confidence in the Lord and giving an answer to everybody who asks you, why do you live for Jesus? What has it done in your life? And it's going to grow your faith so much. Amen? All right, so to recap, MPI has a vision, strategy, goal. Vision of loving God, loving people. Strategy of connect, mentor, send, and a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Woo, come on. God is good. How many of you guys are ready to give our tithes and offerings to the Lord? Come on. We love you all. Thank you so much for partnering with us here at MPI and all that God has for us to do in the city and around the world. At MPI, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given regularly to the church. We also have offerings that we designate towards missions and towards building fund. And so we always encourage you guys to get on board with that and to really be faithful and to be generous to the amount that God gives you to give towards offerings. So ties, missions offering, building offering, that's through your generosity. The offering is an amount between you and the Lord. Tithe is no matter what, 10% off of our total income. And we want to be faithful to come. You guys, got, how many of you guys want to be faithful to God with that? Come on. We're going to get into our lesson today from the Disciples Giving Book. It's a 52-lesson book, one lesson for every week out of the year. We're on Section 1, which is talking all about tithes. Lesson 7 is today. The tithe must represent our best. Somebody say our best. The definition, again, of tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading in Malachi chapter 1, verse 8, and then verses 13 and 14. When you're there, say, I'm there. To follow along on the screen or turn in your Bibles. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. This is serious talk right here. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. We must fear the Lord. Let's get into the three main points from that passage of scripture. Number one, the government doesn't accept our leftovers. Just like in the days of paying tribute to kings, 
we have to give our first dollars to taxes. The government doesn't let us give whatever we feel like paying whenever we feel like it, but rather they take out of our check the first and the best. So we have no control over that. See, in the Old Testament, the Israelites would give their sacrifices to the Lord through their livestock. For us today, it's our finances. So they couldn't give their leftovers to God, the leftover of the livestock, the lame, the crippled, the diseased, the sick ones. God didn't accept that. That was not an acceptable sacrifice to God. And so when you apply that to our life today, I say it almost every week. He doesn't want our leftovers. God wants 10% of the best. If the government could take their best because they don't trust us, how much more should we give God our best because he wants to trust us, because we should be faithful out of a loving heart with that? Number two, the tithes should come from the best we have. The quality of our tithes and offerings should not be our leftovers, but rather our best. So just like we pay taxes, we should always give, always first give our best tithe back to God. And number three, God curses those who don't give their best. God literally said, cursed is the cheat who, do, who can give their best but doesn't. Therefore, our best shouldn't go to rent, car notes, or even groceries, but our best should first go to God. And God is not saying to neglect those things, but he's saying put him first because he's master, because he's Lord, he's our boss, and he's worthy of it. Here's a summary. God doesn't want our leftovers. He desires our best in the form of tithes. Let's apply this, this to our life in three ways. Number one, make the habit of giving God 10% of your gross income before you spend the other 90%. Number two, repent if you have not been giving not been tithing and have been giving God your leftovers. And three, give God your tithe faithfully. Somebody say faithfully. Come on, if you guys want to be faithful tithers and givers, and if you already are, let's confess this over our life together on the count of three. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. Advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. Please stand up to your feet with me this morning as we prepare to give the Lord our tithes and offerings. Again, here at MPI, we believe the tithe is 10% of our total income. Offerings goes towards missions and building fund. We thank you for joining us in that. And I always want to remind you on the envelope to be very uh, specific about the amount that you want to go that you want to go towards each section. You can see on the envelope right there the categories. Put this specific amount so we can allocate it to the proper area. There are four ways you could get up here at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Three, in the back with credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Jerry for that today. And number four, online with Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or BillPay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Let me get a what, what for the convenience of giving to the Lord. Amen. Here's our new band equipment. You guys have raised in total together as a church. We have raised $2,940. Come on, give it up. We are getting closer and closer because of all of our generosity and putting God first and just knowing that when there's a need put before the people of God, when we rally together and are faithful to what God has told us, we're going to meet that need. And so we want to thank you guys. And if you haven't joined us on that journey, we want you to really just uh, listen, listen to what God is telling you to do, hear the Holy Spirit, and just be faithful to give and give generously. Amen. Let's recite this verse together. Philippians 4.18. 
And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your blessings, your faithfulness to our lives. And, Lord, we want to be faithful in our tithe. We don't want to give you the leftover. So I pray, God, that if they're struggling in that, that they would trust you, that they would know that it is an area they, that they must surrender to you, Lord. And I pray that we will be faithful tithers and givers of offerings so, God, we could be blessed to be a blessing. And we will trust you in every area of our life. I pray for increase, prosperity, God, promotions and raises over your people. I pray that the favor of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord will be around them, would be upon them in every area of their life, that the righteousness of Christ would shine in them, Lord. And I pray that you would meet our needs according to your glorious riches and use us here at MPI to win Chicago and to win the nations and to preach the gospel until you come back. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for your support and your generosity. Right, if you're ready to get into spiritual battle, somebody say whoop, whoop. Come on, let's get it on. Can I get like an old Arsenio Hall whoop, whoop? Everybody go whoop, whoop. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, so good to have everybody here. Your shekels are already being used. We raised about $3,000, and those $3,000 are being put to work right now. We upgraded our lighting. We moved back the stage, these little pillars. And then this week or next week, we're going to build out this stage to meet where these little pillars are. So it's going to go out about three feet, and then we're going to get the new band equipment. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you guys for making that happen. It is exciting to see what God can do in this church. You know, it, it doesn't seem like a lot when you pass by, right? It just, it's just another storefront to some, 
But on the inside, God is doing something great. And so let me just say happy Valentine's to everybody here. Let me say happy Valentine's to all the single people. Jesus loves you. Stay in love with Jesus. Hang out with Jesus today. Guys, there's nothing wrong with you falling in love with Jesus. It's okay. And let me just encourage all of the dating relationships here. Keep it holy tonight, okay? Keep it holy because it ain't worth going to hell over, okay? Listen to me, fellas. That sweet thing ain't worth going to hell over. Don't go to hell over that. And then all the ladies can say amen, amen. And then all my married folk, married folk, can I hear you make some noise? Come on, we got some married people in here. Get it on. Married people, get it on. Get it on. Do what God blessed you to do. Do what God created you to do. He said be fruitful. He said multiply. He said don't deprive your spouse except for a time of prayer and fasting, but you shouldn't be praying and fasting tonight. Amen. All right, so enjoy, enjoy your spouse. Don't have me read some King James Song of Solomon to you right now. I'll read some King James Song of Solomon. Make everybody up in here blush. I'm telling you, it make you blush. And you'd say, Pastor, would God talk about sex? Absolutely, he created sex. He talks about it, and he talks about it in the purest way. Don't let TV talk about sex. Don't let Fifty Shades of Grey teach you about sex. Uh, learn from the Bible about sex, amen? It's not bad. It's godly, but without Christ, it will destroy your soul. Doing it with, without God will destroy your soul. But with God in the marriage bed, it is heavenly. Single people don't hate. Come on, celebrate. You're going to get yours. Single people are like, man, stop talking about so hard. I got to take a cold shower now. That's all right because I got to encourage my married people here. Some of my married people just want to go home and get in pajamas. You know what I'm saying? And if that's fun for you, if that's fun for you, that's okay. That, you know, you all got your own thing. But I would say just, just get it on tonight. Make, make it special. Amen? That's enough, about, that's enough of pastor's love talk. What did your pastor talk about on Valentine's Day? Sex. Well, I guess you'd rather hear here, right, than somewhere else. Okay. But we are going to talk about more than just romance. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Amen. We're going to talk about whooping the devil, putting him back in his place, keeping him under our feet, and treating him as a defeated foe that he is. Now, if you missed last week, last week was our introduction to the sermon series, so we learned about the basics part one. Today is the basics part two, because every battle needs to have its basic understanding. Every warrior, uh, rather, needs to go to boot camp and get the basics, get their training. And so we need to know the certain things that God teaches us about warfare. And, and last week, if I could just review, could I review for you? Is that okay? Because I know some of you weren't here last week. Let me just review for some of you here. You can always go back and do this online as well. Our notes and sermons are always there. Let me review the basics, part one here, what we talked about last week, because it's so important that you know these things and don't forget. Hold your place in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. The first thing that we learned last week was knowing the history of spiritual warfare, about how the devil came from heaven. He was once an angel, and when he came to this earth, he was used by God to tempt mankind, to give us a choice between good and evil. Mankind chose evil, and that is now why we are here experiencing evil in this world. And so Satan is a foe to be reckoned with, and Christ came down from heaven to take on flesh, to defeat the devil, and through Jesus 
Jesus Christ, you have victory. Can I get an amen? So that's the history of spiritual warfare. I talked a lot about that, a lot of notes there. Uh, the next thing that we learned is we learned about God's side, the Lord's army. We learned about Jesus, the seraphim, the cherubim, and the archangels. And so the bottom line you need to know about that is light overcomes darkness. We win. Amen? Jesus won. We win. Now, the next thing we talked about was knowing the enemy. Everybody say, El Diablo. We learned about El Diablo, and El Diablo is what? Muy mal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I try. I'm the gringo. I try so hard. Just love me, okay? Just the way I am. Okay, so we learned about the enemy. And, and we, know, we don't want to spend a lot of time giving you know, attention to the devil, but it is good to know where he came from, how he operates. Uh, Ephesians, as we'll read today, talks about his chain of command, rulers, authorities, power, and forces. Basically, these are how he uses the fallen angels that came with him out of heaven. So believe it or not, not only did Satan fall from heaven, make a bad move, become a loser, the devil became a what? Loser. But he, he actually convinced a third of heaven's angels to go with him. So his deception shouldn't be taken lightly. And so these demons become a part of his system, his army. Uh, then we learned about the battle. And one of the shocking things that you probably learned is that unbelievers, their battle is actually not against the devil. So if you don't have Jesus in your life and you're here today, your battle's not against the devil. The devil has already defeated you. You're on his side. You're in his little bag of marbles. He's already taken you as his own. Now, the sad part about that is, is the devil doesn't treat his own good. He steals, kills, and destroys. So you may feel like, I'm getting messed up by the devil, even though you're a lost person. That's because the devil can't do good to nobody. He ain't good to nobody. Amen? He treats everybody bad, because he himself is bad and evil. But on the biblical side of things, if you're not born again, you're already on the devil's side. And the Bible says you adulterers, so you're cheating on God. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? That's your Bible there. Find that on your grandma's coffee table. It's been there for a long time. Amen? Uh, I say it again. Anyone who wants to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. But uh, if you come to Christ and you become born again, now the devil's your enemy. And how many disciples have I got in the place? How many Christians? Amen? And that's why after you became a Christian, you noticed you were in a fight because the devil is going to come against you with things that you used to think were okay. Things that you used to do are now going to become temptations and sins, and the devil wants you to go down that path, and you're going to have a real battle. And that's why we're learning about spiritual warfare. And as you remember, I taught you guys, don't think about your spiritual battle like this. It is not Jesus arm wrestling the devil. No, Jesus has already defeated the devil. This is what the devil looks like right now. He has been pimp slapped. He is under the foot of Jesus. Amen. So it ain't like, oh, I don't know who's going to win. Like it's some WWF thing. Jesus goes in for the power drive. Oh, the devil's got him in that. You know, no, 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 no. This is what happened on the cross. Satan became a defeated foe on the cross. So why is it important then that we fight is because while we're on this earth, while we're here, everybody say here. We now need to enact the victory Jesus gave us. We are literally his ambassadors telling the world Christ is victor. Christ is victorious. Christ is king of kings and, and lord of lords. Serve him now. Get on Jesus' side. And we're bringing that victory to others until the final judgment comes. And that's what we ended last week. Did you all get excited last week? Okay, we're going to get excited this week. Are you ready to get up on the keys, Vinny? Because I'm going to need your help. It's going to get on. It's going to so get on, okay? 
knowing Jesus' victory. And so if Jesus is all that and then some in a bag of chips, we better be on his side. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Jesus defeated the devil. That's what the Bible says. Jesus defeated sin when he went to the cross. Jesus defeated sorrow, and Jesus defeated sickness. That's why you can believe God for a new body when you get to heaven, and even on this earth you can ask for help. How many need a healing today? Anybody dealing with a cold or anything? I know my, my Bethany Boopster, she was a little sick this week, and I just felt so bad for her. How many parents can relate to that when your kids get sick and hurts? But you see, we come to Jesus, and we ask for healing in his name, knowing either it comes in this world or the world to come. Amen? Okay, so now, are you guys ready for the message? Okay, so today's message is the basics, part two. It's not going to take a lot for you guys to get this, okay? You guys are going to be able to get it today like it's nothing. You can put it all together so easy. It's just going to be three simple points. Everybody go three points. Okay, here are the three simple points. Everybody track up here with me. Just look at this pretty picture. Here are the three points. Because before I even get into all the notes, I just want you to get this. Three points. The last part that I think God wants us to know about spiritual warfare is that we really need to have a strong belief in who Jesus is. Because if we know who Jesus is, we'll always see our victory. We'll always see the overcoming lifestyle. We'll hear the scripture that we can do all things through Christ, and we'll believe it. We'll hear the scripture that says we are more than conquerors through Christ and we'll believe it. Why? Because we know who Jesus is. If all you see is the devil, you will never be able to truly defeat him because you're giving him too much time and attention. If you're only focusing on sorrow, focusing on your sin, focusing on your problems, you will not see the victory. The victory comes when you make Jesus big and your problems small. Now, everybody just get this in their mindset. Is Jesus bigger than my problems? See, that's important to believe that if Jesus created the whole world and universe and he can hold it in his hands, then is he bigger than my problems? Yes. Okay. Now, it's not just good enough for you to see Jesus for who he is. Then you need to see yourself for who you are. And the first thing you need to know about yourself is that you're not Jesus. See, the Bible says that God is the great I am. And so when you see God in Christ and you see Jesus, you see the great I am. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He used the same divine title that God gave Moses at the burning bush. The title that we know as Yahweh in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the Greek, ego am I. He said, I am. Now listen, Jesus is the great I am and I am not. And that's important that you know that because without Christ, I am not. Jesus says, I am victory. And if I'm not with Jesus, I don't have victory. I am not victorious. And you may say, Pastor, that's a little bit depressing to think about what I'm not. No, but it's good for you to realize that because when you face temptation, when you face the devil, you need to know you can't do it on your own. You see, you could be here right now and go, I know who Jesus is. I know who Jesus is. But then you try to do religion against the devil, and it will never work. You'll be defeated every time. You'll try to go to church to defeat the devil, and it won't work. Church will just temporarily relieve the battle, but it won't win the battle. You need to know who God is. He says, I am light. And you need to be able to look at him and go, I am darkness. Without you, I'm darkness. He says, I am victorious. You need to be able to look at him and go, I am defeat. 
Now, you see, this runs countercultural to what the self-help TV shows of Oprah Winfrey are trying to tell you. They're trying to tell you that you can believe in whatever you want and still have God on your side, and that's not true. The Christian faith teaches people to come to Christ and repent for what they are not in light of what Jesus is. So you can't come here just saying, well, I believe Jesus is this, I believe Jesus is this. You better admit to God what you are not. Because if you try to stand in your own strength, you will get defeated every single time. Because you know what? The devil knows who the great I am is, and he knows who the big I am nots are. He knows when you're faking. He knows when you try to stand in your own strength and you puff up your chest, you look religious in front of everybody else, and the devil goes, no, I got you on porn because I know who you really are. You're a sinner, and I know who you are. You try to pretend you believe in God. You try to pretend. He said to the husband, I know you're an adulterer. I know who you are. And you see, that is why sinners must come to Christ and say, he is the great I am, and I am the great I am not. He is everything, and I am nothing. He is light. I am darkness. He is pure, and I am not. But here's the good news. Everybody say good news. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to transform sinners into saints. So there are some people who say, okay, pastor, I'm totally with you. I know who Jesus is, and I know without Jesus I'm nothing. I'll just leave it there. No, because you're going to go through your whole life getting defeated, making excuses by saying, I'm not, but Jesus is, so therefore no one's perfect. No one could ever beat the devil. You know how Jesus beat the devil three times in the, the, the desert when he was tempted? By repeating the word of God. Uh, the devil came to Jesus and said, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said back to him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what do we see? Jesus defeated the devil by the word of God. So if you're walking around going, well, Jesus is victorious and I am not, then you'll make an excuse to fall for the devil every time. But now hold on. If you can get this third thing, watch this. If you can know Christ in you. If you can know Christ in you, then you can say, whatever he is, I am. Whatever he said I can do, I can do. Whatever he said I can have, I can have. Because the great I am is inside of me saying I am as well. I become a son or daughter of a king, and I got a king on my side. So that's where you got to put it all together. Are you watching this? Are you hearing it? you got to put it all together, all three of those components. I know for some of you, like, it's so basic, Pastor. But trust me, if you look at your life, everybody check me out right here. If you look at your life, anytime you and I or the Pope, anybody in this world, your best friend, your grandma, the pastor, anybody in this world has ever lost a battle, it's because they didn't have those three things right. My pastor friend who committed adultery forgot who he was without Christ. He thought he could get around women without Christ and following his commands and still live an abundant life. He found out real quick the devil's a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Because he forgot without Christ, I am not. Hello? And then there's people that believe other religions, want to go into other faiths, into Islam, into Hinduism, and all these things because they forget who Jesus is. And then they get deceived, and some of our relatives get deceived into believing that we need a saint to pray for us, or we need to take communion from Father Tom's hands like a little bird. I need Father Tom to feed. No, because you forgot who Jesus is. Jesus didn't say there's four ways to heaven, me and Father Tom and the Pope. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
Amen. I want to put the Roman Catholic Church out of business and make them Christian churches. Amen. Because I got a problem with lies about Jesus. Y'all part of a revolution. Amen. Well, I like the Catholic Church. Well, I want to make it a Christian church. I want Father Time to get married and get it on and stop thinking that by him being a virgin, he's earning points with God. Hello, somebody. You see, this is not biblical. We don't need another person to feed us and pretend they're our way to Christ. What we need is people to be filled with Christ and do what God told them to do. And anything you add to that, anything you add to that is not Christ. And you will forget who Christ is by all of these things you've put around it. For example, have we forgot what Christmas is by all the trees and all the presents? Yes, and you can go to churches today who have forgot who Jesus is because of all the false beliefs that they have. And then lastly, you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, if, if I've come to Christ, if Christ is who he said he is, and I'm born again, then that means I am not the same anymore. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ. I can put my faith in him and nothing is impossible. You see, then you become a devil stomping. Hello, Satan pimp slapping son or daughter of God. Are you ready for the message? Look at your neighbor and say, that was just the introduction. I got some pretty pictures to show you now. You guys ready to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12? I just wanted you to get it first. I wanted to preach it before I teach it. Is that okay? Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the, in your own power. Be strong in your religion. No, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How are we going to win our spiritual battles? By being strong in the Lord. By being strong in the mighty power of God. Boom. Come on. Put on the full armor of God. What's Lord willing we'll talk about next week. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. These are the ways that, the, that Satan has organized himself. It's against the rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So what is that first thing that I was talking to you about so now you can get some scripture for it? Look at Colossians 1.15. You need to know Jesus biblically. You need to know who Jesus Christ is. Here's who he is. You want to know who he is? He ain't little baby Jesus. He ain't little baby. No, this is the son of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Jesus was the very source from which all the universe came from. For in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and in earth. So Jesus is our creator, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things. How many things? All things have been created through him and for him. You were created through him and for him. Chicago, the city, everybody here in this nation, through him and for him. Everything you see on this planet is through him and for him. That means you don't live for him, you are committing high treason against the king. You disobey him, you are breaking the creator's commands. They can call it same-sex marriage, but it's a same-sex mirage. 
They're playing make-believe. Jesus created us male and female, and he said, this is how you do it. You don't get to tinker with it and change it and make it the way you want to make it unless you can create your own universe and be God there. This universe has only one God, the one who created it. You say, Pastor, well, don't you love them? I love them so much I'm going to tell them the truth. What, what, you don't love them? I don't think you do because if you do, you would tell them the truth. You would tell everybody you know with same-sex attraction, listen, my friend, you need to know who he is and who you're not and get Jesus inside of you to change you to be like him. Because if you don't let Christ change you to make you like him, you are in direct opposition to him. And what is hell, my friends, a place where Jesus just likes to roast souls for fun, like roasting marshmallows? No, hell is the place where free will creatures go for not wanting to do it God's way. So your creator, he said it like this. I created you. You didn't have a choice. That's right. Your mom and dad got together one lonely old night listening to Art Kelly. Some of you might have been Al Green. Hello. And here you came out a few months later. You say, well, it's not my choice. I didn't have a choice in the matter. But here's God's grace to you now. It's your choice what you do with this life. It's your choice what you do from this point forward. Do you want to spend eternity with him? Your life is a test. Do you want to spend eternity with him when you die, or do you want to be separated from him forever and hell? See, because everything was created through him and for him. If you go against that, you're going against the nature. That's why the same thing I say with the same-sex couples, the same ones that I say to the multi-sex young man or young woman who keeps having sex outside of marriage. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. The person that has sex with themselves, looking at pornography, you're doing it wrong. Sexuality was created through him and for him. So if you're today confused because of how you've been born, listen to me. Get born again. Because I was confused too. I thought having sex with multiple women was fun. Hello. Let's get quiet when I preach like this. You You want me to lie to you? See, when I wasn't a Christian, I believed a lie that sex with multiple people was fun. What lies are you believing about sexuality? And let's just take it out of sexuality. What lies have we believed about our character? People hurt us, and then we say, I don't have to forgive them. I don't need to be free from this bitterness. They deserve it. They deserve it. You see, but here's the problem. Did Christ forgive them? And Christ is their creator. And who have they sinned against more, you or them, or or you or him? They have sinned more against God than they've sinned against you. And yet God forgives them. And so for you now not to forgive, you're in high treason. You are guilty of breaking the command of the creator. It's a big deal. We better stop playing make-believe down here on this earth. We better start recognizing who Christ is. Amen? He's not just our friend. He's our Lord and Savior. You want to know who Christ was before he was ever on this earth? John 1 through uh, verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You want to see people in our church who have changed. You'll talk to them, and they'll tell you what Jesus did. There are people in our church that used to be same-sex attracted, and God has changed them. Do they still get tempted? Absolutely, but they overcome their temptation the way Jesus overcame temptation. 
Are there people in this church that used to be having sex with multiple people cheating on their husband and wife? Absolutely, but God has saved them. Are there people here that used to be bitter? Are there people here that used to be sinners? Yes, but they're not sinners anymore. Why? Because the light inside of them because of Christ has overcome the darkness. Whatever darkness you have in your soul, Jesus Christ can overcome it. What are you wrestling with today? We sing these songs about I'm wrestling with my demons or I got demons and I'm struggling with you. Hear this as, as a common term in our culture today, especially in music. Here, listen to me. Yes, there may be demons trying to destroy you, but here's the biggest problem. Have you accepted the light? Because I don't just yell at the darkness when the bulb goes out. No, I change the bulb. You can go into a dark room and curse the darkness all day long, but it does nothing. We could put 100 politicians in this city to try to change. It won't do nothing. We could have police officers on every corner, but we couldn't police people's conscience. The only thing that overcomes darkness is the light of Jesus Christ. Everybody look up at me, please. The only reason why I stopped doing what I was doing was not because I became a better person on the self-help treadmill. Jesus didn't say, hey, you want your life to change? Drop a couple 20 pounds of sin. Get on the self-help treadmill and then work it off. Two days later, you're down a pound. Two, you know. No, I didn't go on the self-help treadmill. November 5th, 1995, light overcame darkness in my heart. Like the song says, I once was blind, but now I see. I was living with a girl I wasn't married to, and as Christ came into my heart, it was like, I shouldn't live there anymore. Mom, can I come back home? Yeah, you can come back home. Next day, my friend called me up. Hey, I need a ride to the airport. I'll give you some weed. Let's go. No, can't do it, but I'll take you to the airport. No weed. Why? Light came on. I didn't go to 12 steps. I didn't read a book about why not to have sex with girls or why to stop doing drugs. It was literally as if I was in a dark room of landmines, and everything I kept stepping on was addiction, drugs, and pain. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just turned on the light, and I could see it now. I could see it. Has anybody else here been set free? Has anybody else got the light turned on on the inside? Amen. Jesus, hallelujah, that's who Jesus is, the bright and morning star, the light that shines in the midst of darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness will not overcome the church of Jesus Christ or the Christian. Know who Jesus is. But you know what's so precious about Jesus is he came to be with us. In relationships with one another, Philippians 2, 5 through 7, have the same mindset, same attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God. What was he in being? In very nature God. What was he in being? Amen, Sunday school. Come on. Do not, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He could have came on this planet as God, as Pokemon, and just fried us all. But rather, look at, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Why did Jesus become a human? Why didn't Jesus become an eagle? Why didn't Jesus become a giraffe? All of those things were his creations. Why did he become a human? It's because humans were made in his image at the beginning. Humans were made in his image, and it was humans who he gave the authority, the keys of the garden to, the dominion to be fruitful and multiply and have authority over all the earth. But did who, who did humans give that to? 
at the tree of knowledge and good and evil, who'd they give it to? The devil. That's why when the devil tempted Jesus, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, if you bow down and worship me, I can give these to you. If you notice, when Jesus was tempted there, he didn't stop Satan and go, liar, liar. You don't have these kingdoms. No, Jesus did not refute that lie. What he said, though, was it is written, worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. But what Satan said was very true. The kingdoms of this world had been given to him. And Christ said, I will take them from you, not by worship, but by the cross of suffering. See, Jesus came as a man to sacrifice himself for mankind, to take what we lost and get it back from the devil. That's why when he rose from the dead and he sent us out to preach the gospel in Matthew 28, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You might say, well, I thought Jesus always had all the authority. Yes, as God in heaven, he had it. But now a man had to get it back from the devil. That's why he became the God-man. When he said all authority now has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, what he was saying is, I came as one of you and got the authority on behalf of you. Mankind got the authority back through Jesus Christ. Are you listening? Isn't that important to know? Look at what Philippians continues to say. Jesus at the cross, Philippians 2.8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So listen, every defeat you and I are supposed to have, every problem that we're supposed to have in our jacked up life, every sin that's supposed to control us, Jesus took on the cross. That's why when you come to me, listen to me. I don't care if it's same sex. I don't care if it's multiple sex. I don't care if it's bitterness and anger. If you come to me and you say my sin is greater than Jesus, what you're telling me is Jesus failed at the cross. You're telling me that the cross wasn't enough. And now you have to struggle to earn your salvation. And that just breaks my heart. Because then I truly have pity for you because you're not understanding. You're not having faith in what this man did. When he became obedient to the cross, he was a sinless, spotless human. And he won victory for us all. He won victory for us all. How many want to see victory for us all? Praise God, somebody. I'm going to preach it like I'm happy this morning. Is anybody else happy? Is anybody else glad to be in church? 1 John 3, 8. Listen to this, and during the break, please put up the right Bible program. We have the wrong one again today. Listen to this scripture. This is John talking, the same one who wrote John 3.16. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. That's why we're not going to mess with you here and to beat around the bush. We're going to tell you if you're sinning, you're of the devil. You're on his side. Hello, somebody. But because the devil oh, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning, listen, but the Son of God appeared. This is why the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. How many believe the devil's work's been destroyed? I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe not so much in me, because I get tempted a lot. But is, is, is Jesus failed? With the cross messed up the devil's work just enough where he could put it together like a broken vase and glue some pieces? Did, did, did Jesus just tear apart the devil's work? No, the Bible says he destroyed the devil's work. Where are the drugs in Joe's life? Destroyed. 
Where is the depression and the perversion in my life or your life? Destroyed. Where is the anger? Where is the pain? Where is the hurt? Where is the letdown? Destroyed on the cross of Jesus Christ. He took our punishment. He took the death we deserve so we could have the life that is in Christ. See, today there isn't a lack of power at the cross. There's just a lack of belief. I don't know how many of us, this is a silly picture, but just get it. I don't know how many of us truly believe that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That at that cross he destroyed our sins. That because of what he did, we now can be free. Look at what the resurrection brought us. You, you may wonder, what does the resurrection mean? Just other than him proving that he could not be defeated by death. But the resurrection didn't only just mean that death couldn't beat him. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Remember, before the word, before the son came in the flesh, he was there with the father. But now as a man, Jesus, Yahshua, the one who walked the shores of Galilee, this person is given the name that's above every name. And that now at his name, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now when I battle, I battle on my knees. Why? Because I'm battling from the place of victory. Satan has to bow at the feet of Jesus. Depression has to bow at the feet of Jesus. Every chain of sin is broken and bowed low at the feet of Jesus. That's how we win. We don't win because we fasted. We don't win because we know our archangel's name. Oh, mine is Raphael. What's your archangel's name? Well, I don't know. We talk to him every day. No, we don't win because we come to church every week. All of those things are good except for knowing your archangel's name. But listen... <laughs> We don't win because of goofy things. We win because Jesus won. Because Jesus won. And when you believe in Jesus, you get his victory. Hello, somebody. Can I get an amen? But you got to know yourself truthfully. And so I'm going to speak to everybody here as if they didn't know Christ just for a few moments because it will surprise you how people pretend to know Jesus but really don't know him. It will surprise you as a pastor how many people, if you knew, that come to this church that do everything that Christians do, but really they don't know Jesus. Because I want to be honest with you, to know Jesus and to know him as the great I am, you then become honest and say, I am not. See, when I hear people tell me their testimony and they go, well, you know, I was raised in church and, you know, and, you know, and then I got married and I wanted to start coming back to church and, you know, I wanted to get baptized because it was the right thing. I'm like, you don't even know Jesus. If you can't say this, if you can't say this, I once was lost, but now I'm found. If you can't say that he saved a wretch like me, if you can't say that, you're not saved, sister. You're not saved, brother. Listen to me. You're playing religion. Because if you got to look at somebody else to make yourself look better, well, you know, pastor got saved from drugs. So happy he got saved like that, but I didn't need to get saved like that. No, you need to get saved now and even worse than I needed to because you are in pride. See, at least I knew who I was. I was a drug addict. Do you know who you are? You are a prideful rebel against a high king. God only saves sinners. God doesn't save righteous people. He even said a doctor is only for the sick. If you think I'm okay 
and you truly haven't been saved, that's why Christianity's not working for you. When people tell me, well, I've tried Jesus, and I've tried this, and I listen to how they're trying it, and it's all messed up, I said, I don't think you ever got real with who you were. Because there are things in your life you still think God finds cute. See, my problem isn't with sinners and their obvious sins. Everybody knows what an obvious sin is. Even those out on the streets, they know what obvious sins are. Not to lie, not to murder, not to do this stuff. But what about what people call tolerance as a virtue? When I talked about same-sex sin, you see some of you, you get upset with that because you think your virtue of tolerance is smarter than God's morality. And you think you need to walk over to God and slap him on the wrist. Bad God. Bad God. You're telling people that. You stop telling people that, Jesus. You see, because you think your virtue of tolerance, you think your virtue of tolerance is something that God applauds. No, God says you are naked, wretched, miserable, blind, and poor. You don't know who you are. You wouldn't even have a sense of right and wrong if I didn't give you a conscience. You would be an animal. And yet now with your right and wrong, you're going to spit in my face and tell me how to be a creator. And you see, it's not just that. See, because all of us have reasons. When you see somebody consistently living in sin, everybody's got their reasons. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I was raised this way. As if now the way you were raised can justify your sin before a holy God. See, you don't know the God I serve. See, because the God I serve has always said, be born again. It doesn't matter if you were born into a family where the man you called a father wasn't really your father and he lived with your mother and they were together for 20 years and you say, well, that just comes natural to me. Listen, you and your family will go to hell without Christ. It doesn't matter if you come to me and say, well, my great mama, she used to put me on her knee and teach me about saint, this saint and that saint, and then she would take me to this little shrine and we would like, listen to me. You don't know Jesus. Jesus doesn't say bring your family with their messed up ideas into the kingdom. He says whoever does not hate his mother, his brother, his father, his sister, his wife and children, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Some of y'all don't even believe that's in the Bible. Look it up. You can't have two number ones. You can't. It's only one number one. Think of it this way. If you became a medical doctor and your mom kept eating fat all the time, would you say eating fat all the time is good because my mama taught me? Well, my mama taught me to eat fat all the time, so it must be good. You're a doctor. Hello. What, what, what if you became a tax rep and you say, well, my mama told me it's always okay to lie on your taxes. Are you going to lie on your taxes? What lie is worth believing? Hello. Even if your loved ones believe it, but what lie is worth believing? Wake up, my friends, see the truth. So here's the problem. It's not that just God wants to change us for the bad stuff in our society. He wants to change the virtues in our society and some of the things we call quote-unquote good. He wants to change your affections and change your loyalties and change the way you look at life. Otherwise, all the devil has to do is just yank that little chain. You're starting to get close to God. You're preaching the gospel. You're seeing people saved. Devil just pulls you a little bit. Mama don't like that. You're making everybody feel uncomfortable at the family reunion. 
And the devil just got you on a little chain of called family approval. Because if family don't approve of it, I better not do it. And then other people just, the devil just, all he has to do, the Bible says, just a root of bitterness. Just put it right in you and just say, oh, you think you're getting free? You think you're having fun? Mm, Let me pull you out of that relationship and have you treat that person as the one who abused you. Let me have you project your abuse onto this person because I got it in you. And you can't understand why you're so hateful, why you're so angry. It's because you haven't let Jesus take away the bitterness because you think it's okay to not forgive those who have hurt you. And the devil just just yanks you right onto the, the floor. Battlefield of your life, you're defeated. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? No, not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles, hallelujah, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, white and black, whatever what classification you want to use, Hondurans with, uh, you know, uh, Bolivians. Where are you from? Guatemalans. There we go. Central America. The charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. Under it. You're under the power of sin without Christ. Can you get that as an illustration? Like how we showed that that Satan is under the power of Jesus. Without Christ, everybody you know is under the power of sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why if you don't believe it, just look at your life and say, have I sinned? That proves true that I'm under the power of sin. So in relation to sin, I'm dead in my transgressions and sin. In relation to the devil without Christ, I used to live that way, says the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. So who's working in those who are disobedient, not following Christ's commands? Who's working in them? The devil, the ruler of the kingdom of air. How am I, how am I in relationship to others without Christ? All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and its thoughts. We think we're doing stuff for other people, but it's always us. Even the most noble sinner, the father, who says, I don't go to church, but I take care of my family, and I know if there's a God, he'll understand. No, listen to me, you are a selfish man going to burn in hell. And I don't throw around hell lightly. I preached a whole message on hell with tears in my eyes. But listen to me. I'm telling you as Christ said it. Listen, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? Not only his family, not only a career, not only an education, but the whole world. If he loses his soul, why will that father bust hell wide open right now? Listen to me. There's a father somewhere with his family right now saying, I don't got to go to church. I'm going to take my kids to Six Flags or somewhere and celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm going to go this place. See, I'm a good father. Sir, you're, you're a good father. Oh, I'm a good father. Okay. Did you make yourself a man? Did you make yourself a person? No, I came from my mother. Where did your mother come from? Well, my her- where, did, where did you come from, sir? The dust of the earth and a God breathed in you. You ain't nothing without him. Where did your wife come from? Did you make her? Is she plastic? Is she some computer image? No, she came from a mother. She came from me. And what caused you to have sexual intercourse and a living being to come from that? Sir! Did you make a living being inside of your wife's womb? How dare you now? 
Say, those are yours. They are mine. Because I made you, I made the mother, and I made that child inside there. Now are you, sir, going to take these things I made, this is God speaking, the things I made of dust, and now put them before me as an idol and bow and worship them? Or you put them before my feet and kneel down as a father with your wife in hand and children next to you and say, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father who created me and who has given, listen to what the book of James says, who has given every good and perfect gift has come from him. That is the Father. That is the Father that God says, welcome to my kingdom. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because family didn't come from you. It came from me. And when you submitted your family to me, you honored me. And of course, then you can have some fun. Can I hear an amen? In relation to God, if you don't believe it, it says in Ephesians 2, 3, like the rest, we by nature were deserving of wrath. So if anybody hears this and says, no, this doesn't apply to me, I have to point my finger back at you and go, no, liar, liar, pants on fire. we all fallen short. We've all been ruled by the kingdom of the air. We've all followed our own flesh. We've been deceived, and we deserved by our very nature the wrath of God. Oh, but he didn't leave us there. How many want to get to the conclusion? How many want the last part? Come on, somebody. It's getting good right here. Because this is where now you have to say, not only is Jesus amazing and I am sinful, but if I come to Jesus, I can become holy like he's holy. Look at Colossians 1.27. To whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of realizing the glory. What is the hope we have today? That Christ would be in me. A sinner like me. That Christ would be in you. A sinner like you. That's how I battle the devil. I don't come in my own strength. When he reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. I don't stand upon my good works because I know none of them came from me. When I fight the devil, when I fight temptation, I do it in Jesus. I say, I got Jesus on the inside of me, devil. And the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that comes against me in this world. I have power. I have a hope. I have Jesus. That's what makes the difference. Vinny, would you come and get ready to get excited? How many want to leave this mamma jamma excited today? 2 Corinthians 14 through 5, chapter 5, verses 14 to 15 says, For Christ's love compels us. How many know Jesus loves you? That he loved you the way you are, but too much to let you stay that way. He loves you. Listen to what Paul said. Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Where's, where's Joe, the sinner? He died at that cross. I received it November 5th, 1995. Where is your old man? Where is your old person? Dead at the cross. He died for all that those who should live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. 
Come on, I'm about ready to cry up here. I'm about ready to let it out up here. That old man died. And the life I have is in Christ. The one who died for me. The one who died for you and me. I mean, what does that mean to you? See, if you don't know who you are, that doesn't mean a lot because you thought you were getting in anyways on your little cute looks. But if you know who you really are and you know how awesome he really is, he's the great I am and you're the great I am not, to know that he would die for me. That day I came to Christ, I had drugs in my pocket, living with the girl I wasn't married to. And it was literally within a few moments as if God came down from heaven and wrapped his arms around me. I started to cry. I hadn't cried for years. Not that I can remember. My mom gave me a Bible I had had as a kid. I went on my knees, just opened it up, started reading it. And I can remember just the tears coming off my cheeks, hitting the pages, because as I was reading it, it was like, this is, this is, this is my heart, because I was reading the book of Psalms, and it was just like, man, I, I know this guy. This guy is speaking to me. I remember when I wanted to quit smoking, it was a few weeks later, because I didn't even know, like, is there a problem with me smoking? <laughs> I was smoking cigarettes all over the place. And my friend came. He's from my church, and I literally didn't even hang out with many people. So he came. He was in Bible college, and he came to hang out with me. He's like, why are you still smoking? I'm like, what's wrong with him? He's like, you shouldn't do that. God's got better for you. And I remember just trying to quit on my own, you know, like throw away the cigarettes. I'm done. And I kept bumming cigarettes. And then God came to me, and he was like, that's not how you got saved. You didn't do it on your own. The same way I came down and set you free from all that other junk, I'll set you free right now. Like literally, just right now. Haven't smoked in 20 years. I could keep you here all days with, with stories of what new life began to look like for me. I, I wish I could say my last fight was as a sinner, but I fought as a Christian. Didn't know any different. The guy cusses me out. Well, you deserve what you got coming to you. And I remember fighting with him on the job site because we were working together, and I didn't really get too many black eyes in my day, but this dude gave me a black eye. I still won the fight, but I got a black eye. And I remember coming to church that Wednesday with a black eye. They already thought I was crazy. I was like, I was saved, saved, but they thought I was barely saved. You know, at the church I went to, they weren't even sure. Like, didn't you used to do drugs in our parking lot? Because I was, like, confessing all types of stuff to this church my parents used to go to. And they didn't know how saved I was. And then they see me come in with a black eye. And I just remember, I literally, I'll just tell, I'll be honest with you. I just remember just talking to the leaders there, whatever, and then just being like, well, Jesus can change you. You don't, have to, you don't have to keep fighting anymore. You don't have to do that. I haven't gotten in a fight in 20 years. Close. A lot of close calls. <laughs> a lot of close calls. Some in the church. No, I'm kidding. Half kid. But, I mean, this is real for me. So when I'm talking about fighting spiritual battles, I'm not talking like I'm dressing up in some medieval like armor and flashing around some sword. I'm talking like I'm fighting my temper. I'm fighting the devil who wants to say, come and smoke again. I'm fighting the devil that wants to say, come lie again. Be bitter. You know what I'm saying? Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. Everybody say, right, cheer. 
Praise God. Look at the next part. This is all one passage, by the way. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How many sinners, how many of you used to be sinners in this place? How many righteous people are you now? How many righteous people do I have in here? As much as we were sinners is as much in, without Christ is as much as we are righteous in Christ. This is why I need you to get excited. You ready? This is practice. I love Jesus. Bum, bum. Just give me a bum, bum. Bum, bum. Can I get somebody on the drums too? Lawrence, come on up here. How many want to get excited about Jesus? I love Jesus because he's been good to me. If Jesus has been good to you, woo! Okay, you all ready? <laughs> I love Jesus. I don't even care if you all think it's fake. It ain't fake. It's so real. It is so real. The excitement I have in my heart is so real. I just want to get excited with some instruments today because the Bible says praise him with the tambourines. Praise him with your voice. Praise him with the shout of praise. You see, if we know, look at this right here. If we know who Jesus is and then we know who we are without him, we can get excited when we know Christ in us. And this little image is supposed to remind us that Jesus comes on the inside and that his power starts to shine through us. And so what the Bible begins to do to talk to Christians is it starts to tell us the things that we are now. It's not who we used to be. And so like I said, he was the great I am and I was the great I am not. But when I come to Christ, I am God's child, born again. Mm -hmm. Come on. I have the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. I have 120 things to go through. Y'all want to get excited with me here? Come on. I am purified, cleansed from all sin. I am born again into a new life. I have eternal life. I am accepted in Christ. I am set free. See, I'm set free. I am comforted in my time of pain. I am chosen. I am perfect in Christ. I am a joint heir with Christ. Woo! I wish I could get a few more of you excited before you, you leave out here. Now, you don't have to prove it to me. I just want to know, do you get excited about this? Because I get excited about being who Jesus said I am. I am an image bearer. I am made holy. I am the apple of my Father's eye. I am a witness for Christ. I'm unconditionally loved. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am raised with Christ. I'm the light of the world. If I could get three of you just to do it, or one of you just to help me one last time, can we do this together? Just, just don't, no, 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 I don't want any of that. Just look at me right here, big baby. I know it's a little embarrassing and awkward. Don't you play nothing yet. Just give me bump, bump. Just hit it right now. Hit it. Bump, bump. Boom, I love Jesus. I'm a witness for Christ. Stand to your feet, guys. Come on. I want to ask you this question. Who are you today? Who are you right now? What is your victory in? You can, you can just hold up. I will get to preaching in a minute. Thank you, sir. Can you guys get this for me, please? I, I want you guys just to hear this. Forget about the music for a second. Listen, can I just get excited? I want you all to be excited. I learned to preach in an all-African-American church in the South. I, you can take the boy out the South. You can't take the South out the boy. But here, forget about the music for a second. But just check with me here. Who are you? Who are you? Because that determines your victory. If, if you can believe who God said he is, 
then you can believe who he said you are. But if you can't believe who God said you are, it's because you can't believe who he said he is. So your ultimate struggle, listen to me, is always going to be around who Jesus is. When I talk to some of you, and you're not excited, and you're being defeated, and I'm trying to get you to be excited, you think the reason why I'm excited is because Joe's an excited person. No, no, that, that, that has nothing to do with my personality. My victory has nothing to do with this song I'm, or a little preaching at the end. My victory has nothing to do with that. My victory is because I believe who Jesus is. Let me end with this story in closing because I don't want to lose some of you all on the hype because I'm going to get excited one more time just whether or not we can get it together, we're going to do it, okay? Just one more time, just for the Lord's sake. Watch this. When I first got saved, I had friends that were just like in church with me, right? And they were like kind of going through the same stuff I was going through. Well, guess what? 20 years later, they're still going through the same stuff they, that we all were going through. What's the difference? What's the difference? Why, why are, excuse me, sir, why are you still doing that stuff 20 years ago you were praying about? Excuse me, ma'am, why are you still living like that? What, am I somebody special? No, I'm who, I'm who God called me to be. I'm just doing what God said. And if you look around this church, you'll see the same thing. You'll just hang, just hang around for a year. You'll see people come and go, come and go, and you'll just see them going around the merry-go-round of sin. It's just the same sin, the same issue over and over and over again. Oh, pray for me. I don't know if I can make it. Oh, look at my Facebook post. Everybody feels sorry for me. Oh, woe is me me, and yet you'll see somebody getting baptized just, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, a month ago when we did it in the summer, rather, a few months ago, and they'll be like free, and they know what those people will want to do? They'll want to kind of like walk over to that baptism person and be like, hey, psst, come here. I used to be like you. I used to really be excited about Jesus and all of that, but, you know, it's going to wear off. It's going to wear off. And you know what? One day, you're going to be as messed up as I am. So get used to what Christianity really looks like. Don't ever listen to those people. Listen to me. I got saved, saved. I'm talking 20 years later, I'm still saved, saved. One of my friends I used to do drugs with just got saved, saved a few weeks ago, and I'm talking to him on the phone right now. And guess what? We're helping him get free from drugs and smoking and all this stuff. And I said, you might as well do it now. And one of his biggest regrets was, man, you started when we were 18. Now we're 38, 40 years old. Man, what, you know, I, I feel bad. I said, no, because there are people who are going to their grave that never got free. I would rather you get free at 40 than do you go to hell. So I'm going to get excited one more time. If you believe you are these things, just say amen. I am called of God. I am God's chosen. I am precious to the Lord. I am formed and set apart. I am called God's righteousness. I am created for glory. <laughs> I'm created for glory. Come on. I am never forsaken. I am never alone. I am not an orphan. Come on. I'm victorious. I am dead to sin. I am elected. I am loved with an everlasting love. I'm alive with Christ. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Woo! I am one with Christ. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Woo! Altar workers, would you come? That was fun. Oh, that, you know what got me? Let's just close our eyes in prayer before we go. You know what got me? I'm created for glory. 
You were created for eternity. You and I were not created just for 80 years. This is just the beginning of our relationship with God. Oh, man, some of you right now, if you're not right with God, would you just ask him to forgive you of your sin? We're going to play something soft. Thank you, brother. And we're just going to pray before we go. And if you need prayer, would you get some up here at the altar? And I want you to hear today that you were created for glory. And people might have hurt you. People might have been used by the devil to, to abuse you. But Jesus is the God of new creations and fresh starts and healing and restoration. I don't want anybody to walk out of here not knowing you were created for God's glory. If you've gone through struggles right now, would you just raise up your hands and say, it's hard to believe, but I'm going to start right now. I'm going through something. I don't feel it, but I know God's with me. Come on, if that's you, that's you. Just, just raise your hands. No one's going to call you out. Just be honest. God, I need you to show me what I'm made for today. Show my marriage what it's made for. Show my children what they're made for. Come on, you in here today and you forgot your purpose. You're made for glory. That's why you fight. You fight because your life was meant to be so much more than the mundane, the ordinary. Come on, anybody else in here? Come on, what about some of you fighting for your victory? Anybody here standing up for their victory against the devil? Just raise up your hands and say, Lord, I need your strength today. I need your power today. Sometimes I get weak, Lord. Sometimes I feel like giving up, Jesus. Sometimes it's not easy, Lord. Sometimes I really get tempted. But, Lord, I'm standing on your victory in your mighty power. I need you, Jesus. I am not, but you are. Today, you have a victory in Christ. Come on, anybody battling with physical sickness, and it's just hard. I know when we get sick, it's so hard to see God's glory in that. You may be dealing with some real stuff. One of our SUM students, unbeknownst to her, while she was at a mission trip just at Mardi Gras last week, she found out she had lupus. Come on, we need to pray in the midst of our sickness. We don't forget that God got a purpose. God got a purpose in the midst of sickness. God's got a purpose for you. You're fighting sickness. How many of you fighting addiction? You want to be real? Come on, how many fighting addiction? Put your hands up. I need you, Jesus. Set me free from addictions. Set me free from addictions. The man of God or the woman of God should be free, self-control, free from the addiction of food, free from the addiction of approval, free from the addiction of substances, free from the addiction of shopping all the time, whatever an addiction is. Come on, you are satisfied. You are whole in Christ. A few more moments. How many need to fight a battle in their sexuality? Come on, raise up your hand and be honest. You know one of the reasons why I haven't looked at pornography in 20 years is because I would raise my hands anytime the preacher would say, you want to be pure? Raise your hands. I would never be ashamed to say I'm fighting a battle in my purity. Come on, who wants a freedom in their sexuality right now? You just want to be free. You could be a married man struggling with adultery. You could be a young person looking at pornography. You could be having same-sex attraction. It don't matter. But you just want to be free sexually. You want to be whole. You want God to wash you clean and start over again with you. Raise up your hands. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Adam, would you come to the guitar, please? Come on. I need you, Jesus. A few more moments before we go. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Come on, would you pray right now for where you need Jesus? Come on, the preacher's preached enough. It's time for you to pray, saints. It's not a library. What are you going to do with Jesus? 
What are you going to do with Jesus? Right now, right now, right now, who wants to get free? I don't fight the devil for my freedom. I fight the devil from my freedom. See, some of y'all need to get that. Come on, 30 more seconds before we start singing and y'all get dismissed. I'm not fighting the devil for my freedom. Jesus already gave that to me. I fight the devil standing in my freedom. Come on. Know the difference today. Victory belongs to Jesus, and all those who have Jesus have victory. So today, we don't need to start yelling at the devil. Oh, devil, get out of my life. We can do that later. But right now, you need to say, Jesus, come in my life. You need to be like, Jesus, I need you. Come on, 30 seconds right now. Who needs Jesus? The Bible says lift up holy hands to the Lord. Show him right now physically you want him. Some of you can go to your knees. Do it. Raise your hands. Hit your knees. Open your mouth. I need Jesus. Jesus is Lord of my life, Lord of my family, Lord of my sexuality, Lord of my dreams, Lord of my ambitions, Lord of all, Lord of all. Jesus is either Lord of all today, friends, or he's not Lord at all. Don't half step for Jesus. 15 more seconds. Come on. Jesus be the center. Jesus, be the center. Come on, we need Jesus. If you're married, grab your wife's hands. If you got children next to you, grab their hands. Pray for them. Oh, Jesus in my marriage. Jesus in my family. Jesus in my school. Jesus in this church. Jesus in my community. All victory belongs to Jesus. Set me free from fear. Set me free from lies. Set me free from hurt, Jesus. I want to live for your glory. You died so I could live. You died so I could live. I'm going to pray our closing prayer. Would you get the song ready? Be, uh, Jesus, be the center of it all. But as we dismiss, you don't have to go. If you want to stay, we got altar workers that will pray with you. Or if you just want to keep worshiping the King of Kings or Lord of Lords, you can do that. But if you got to go, I want you to hear me. Go in victory. Know who Jesus is. Know who you are without Jesus. And know who Jesus is in you. And watch your victory manifest this week. Father, I ask you to bless us as we go. Let us go in victory, in your power, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Woo! Hallelujah! God bless you. You're dismissed. Hang out with the after party if you want some more prayer. Let's do it, band. Come on. Jesus, if you want to hang back, do it now. God is here. If you gotta go, go in victory. We love you. See you next time. It's always been you, Jesus. Come on, let's sing it out today. From the top, Jesus. Jesus at the center of Come on, can I get Desi up here to help me sing a little bit? Let's leave this place excited for God today. He's number one. From beginning to end. It's always been, it's always been you, Jesus. Yeah.
today, God. Freedom is in this place. Amen. One more time from the top, and then let's say from my heart to the heavens. Jesus at the center. Come on, Jesus. Jesus at the center Jesus be the center of my life today. Jesus be the center. Be my victory. Be my battle shield. Hallelujah. It's always been. It's always been you. But Jesus, nothing in this world. If you're waiting for prayer, just hang back a little bit. We'll get to you. But receive victory today from Jesus. 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 Just the drums, drums and voices. just here hanging out for the after party 
You see, from a place of victory, we can put the devil under our feet. Now just tell the devil in Jesus' name, just a simple prayer, where he belongs. So those of you who say, I want the devil out of my marriage, then tell him, get out of my marriage in Jesus' name. Spiritual warfare is not some long battle. It's simply standing on the victory of Christ. Though we may have to do it repeatedly, it doesn't change. The victory is in Jesus. So just take a few moments and speak the victory over the areas of your life that you need victory in. I speak the area of victory. I speak to the mind right now. Satan, be gone in Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. I speak to the sexuality of those in this church. Freedom. I speak to anger. Freedom. I speak to those who are hurt. Freedom. I speak to those who have been lied to, deception, false beliefs. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Go, Satan. Go in Jesus' name. You have no place here. Our minds, our bodies, our hearts, our lives, our families belong to Jesus. As for me and my house, I will 